0: going on? (laughs) I'm tired. Tired, What's going on with you? Are you tired? I'm I'm equally as tired. Yeah. As we'll we'll get into here, I just got back from from California. I was at ACT Expo and chose the worst possible flights to get in (laughs) and out of California. It's it's tough with the time change, as I'm sure you're aware. It's like hard to find a good flight because you either waste an entire day traveling or you have a late night flight and you've got like a red eye flight. So, yeah, um, I didn't arrive into California until like 11:30 at night. Didn't get to my hotel till like close to one. By the time I like got my bags and got the lift to the hotel I was staying at, um was there for act expo and then left uh left california around the same time so left at like 1 a.m and then after the time change and everything didn't arrive back in columbus till like 10:30 a.m local time so like middle oh, of the morning geez. so pretty sure i got like a total of like three to four hours <laughs> sleeping on flights and stuff so yeah. <laughs> not great finally like getting caught up today
1: <laughs> well that's good i i know that we we're recording on on a saturday which typically we record on a thursday and right. uh we were supposed to record thursday and i kept texting alex like hey you know ready let's let's go and just no response or like hey i gotta do this with our model three and i'm like i think he's passed out <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah. told
0: mallory i'm like i'm gonna take a quick nap i gotta record the podcast at 8 p.m and, and she's like, okay, I'll wake you up. And then she tried waking me up. And then I like showed her my phone with your text. And I'm like, we're going to cancel. So like, <laughs> right. I was very grateful. So yeah,
1: but I feel like you jinxed it because I do it all the time where I'm like, I'm just going to take a quick nap. And then like yeah, 30 years fine. passes by. Like, you know, it's like a new century. Like I wake up with gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. What time is it? Right. <laughs> yeah. But we are feeling slightly, I'll just say a little rejuvenated today, yeah. I would say. So good enough uh enough energy to get through the episode. So for sure. Yeah. But well, I guess we can start off with some uh EV news and then we could dive further into your experience with Act Expo. I think that'd be pretty exciting. Um but before uh before we get into that, um I just want to say if my well people who are watching this on YouTube, if my background looks different, I am in my (laughs) new studio space. Yes. Um, 99% 99% done. Uh, I still have to figure out some lighting, so lighting's a bit rough right now. Um but hopefully this improves some audio. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. It is it is tough to have a good like audio setup that's also looks good on video cuz usually you need a mic like super close to your face and that's hard to <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's hard to make it look good. Yes. So. Yeah, I just
1: have a a weird, weird little thing, you know, dropping down on my camera, but that's fine. As long as the audio is okay. Yeah.
0: I've seen some podcasts, they have like the handheld mics. I feel like we should get those at some point where you just kind of like hold it in front of your face like the whole time. I feel like my arm would get tired though. Yeah. Because I'm sitting at a desk, so. Right. I mean, unless there's
1: a way to like attach it directly to the desk where it was like pointing up, but then I guess that's what a tabletop, Mike would be for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I guess we're getting back into like uh, you know, our content production conversations on Living yes. Electric. <laughs> yes. I think we'll have to circle back on those. <laughs> but um, you know, so some exciting news. Uh there was uh, some data announced regarding electric vehicle registrations here in the United States for the first quarter of twenty twenty two, and uh the numbers are extremely impressive. Yes. So and and I think part of that has to do with uh, the gas prices out there, but I definitely think it's a good mix of having more electric vehicle options as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of it's really a combination of all things kind of coming together in the EV space. I have a feeling Gas is really high. We've got more options in evs now it's not just like the model three or the nissan leaf or the chevy bolt like those were kind of the (laughs) the main three somewhat (laughs) somewhat affordable evs and now we've got just so many options out there but Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think we announced even the headline yet. But what's the big what's the big news? I guess. So
1: for uh, Q1 of 2022, EV registration soared to almost 160,000 registrations here in the U.S., uh, which equates to almost five percent of the market, which is just crazy because only a few years ago we were roughly around one yeah. percent of uh, of the uh, automobile market here in the U.S.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> and, is crazy and that's all new registrations i assume so that's like new car sales yep. not not the overall market um which is most evs being sold are going to be new just because they are like the newer technology most people are keeping their evs they're not selling them so yeah it's uh super yeah. exciting i remember when i first kind of started studying evs and stuff and getting involved with local groups that was the goal is to like increase that new car percentage and it was it was sitting around 1% which is super low but I mean, that's like nearly a 500% increase in a yes. couple of years, which is crazy to think <laughs> yeah. about.
1: Yeah. You know, and I definitely think that it's a, it's a mixture of having, as you mentioned, like more options available for consumers, mm-hmm. um, really solid options out there in terms of yeah. vehicles now. Um, and gas prices, obviously, I'm assuming it's opening people's minds to alternative methods of transportation. Yep. And um, I, I'm just going to plug our show. I feel like Living Electric might have something to do with it a little bit, too um so i like if, to
0: think we played a small role in somebody yes. buying a new ev so yes definitely reach out to us if that's the case because we'd love to hear from you <laughs> yeah
1: and and you know another thing too i think just almost like the the rise of content producers as well in uh, for you know for electric vehicles has for increased sure. sales and awareness as well yeah. um so yeah definitely let us know if we helped you because uh that's kind of the whole point of our podcast
0: <laughs> yes yes definitely yes And I think visibility of, like, charging networks has gotten a lot better, too. Like, Mm -hmm. Electrify America has, like, been killing it with charging installs. They're, like, all over the place now, and a lot of other networks are getting built out. So I think people are seeing that that's a possibility. And also, I think as more people get them, it kind of accelerates, too. Because you're like, oh, yeah, my friend has one, and they they have the same kind of, like, job as me, or same, like, same kind (laughs) of lifestyle as me, and they're doing just fine with an EV, so... I think it's it, it helps when your friends or like people close to you start getting these and you start realizing like oh yeah like this is a yeah. it's an easy switch <laughs> it's just a yeah. couple couple yeah. lifestyle changes and none none for the worse I don't think that that really make it possible.
1: Yep, I know I've had a lot of friends actually reach out to me through uh, Facebook. And be, like, the, the post that you're sharing, you know, talking about, like, transparency with costs of charging and just overall right. ownership experience is really opening their eyes to, like, wow, this is totally doable for us. Yeah. You know, the exactly. questions we had are being answered. Like, let's have these conversations. So. Definitely. Yeah.
0: So. But, super exciting.
1: I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so more EVs. It's good. Yes. <laughs> and So. Spe- the.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you want me to get into you want me to get into act now? Yes, I
1: was gonna lead into that. I was gonna okay, say speaking was of charging too. infrastructure. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was gonna say speaking of vehicles, because this mm. was a bigger like vehicle um, show than anything else. So I was shocked at just how many big rig trucks and big EVs were there. So Act Expo is Advanced Clean Transportation Expo. Um, it's held in California every year. This year was in uh, Long Beach, but they're actually going to move it to Anaheim next year because the convention center there is bigger and the show has grown so much that they are gonna—they're running out of space essentially. Like there was, from what I heard, I think there were like forty different companies on the wait list to even get a get a booth at this show. So wow. yeah. Tons of tons of companies are getting into this space, either on the EV side. Also saw a lot of hydrogen vehicles there, which is interesting. I wish I kind of talked to that those groups a little bit more because I really want to understand that a little bit more. Mm Because I know I'm not a huge fan of it, but I there may be a business case for it that I'm just not thinking about, and I like to keep an (laughs) open mind on that stuff. So, yeah, but overall just tons of trucks like every company you can think of was there with their um with their newest like a uh, semi-sized battery electric truck <laughs> so just crazy big vehicles um but then there was also some light duty stuff there so ford was, was there with their lightning got to see that in person again they had a cool little demo set up with uh with the uh the pro power i think is their marketing term for it like the yeah. onboard power to to plug stuff in and run tools or whatever So they had a whole, like, uh, not a circuit board, I guess, but, like, basically a panel with a bunch of outlets on it, and they were plugging in a bunch of power tools into it to show, like, hey, you can run all this stuff at once, like, on this single car, which is really neat. Wow, that's impressive. (laughs) Yeah. So in, in the big push in EVs right now, not only because the technology is finally there, but also the cost savings is on the fleet side of things. So this really was, like, a fleet expo more than anything else. So... All of these people are trying to sell big numbers of vehicles on the vehicle side to people. And then companies like mine at Shell Recharge are there to support on the software side of kind of having visibility into the data that comes from these vehicles and the chargers that are also run like charging the vehicles. So um, a lot of us are kind of working together to make all this work for somebody that wants to electrify their fleet, which is really cool. So a lot of... Uh, lot of neat stuff there. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I feel like that's something we should talk about on Living Electric, like the, the heavy-duty electric vehicles, you know, yes. like the the semi-trucks. And, you know, uh, I know we've talked about electrifying fleets, but I definitely think that if we could talk about it in that aspect, I think that'd be really yeah. interesting. Because for me personally, I don't really know too much about that. I'm really more interested in the light-duty side, yeah. you know, like the vehicle, yep. passenger vehicles, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, so out of all the, like, heavy-duty trucks that you saw, which was one that, like, stood out to you the most?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, there were a lot of cool ones there. I mean, I feel like a lot of them are pretty similar on the uh, on the semi side. Like, it's got – there's a lot of standards, I think, on, on semis of, like, how they need to be built and shaped. And, like, they need certain connections so you can attach trailers and all that stuff. So a lot of them looked really similar. Um, uh, what's the name of the company? Um Volvo was there, which was pretty cool because that's like traditionally a pretty like they make a lot of gas vehicles. So mm-hmm. seeing them with a with a semi uh, EV was pretty cool. And then uh, Nikola was there as well with their, oh, their cool. tray Trey EV. Their booth was like right next to ours, so we got to see got to see that, and that was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, I was. I was just impressed at the size of some of these things (laughs) because I don't like you're driving on the highway and you see these semis, but like till you're standing next to it, like while it's stationary, you don't realize just how massive these things are. So, yeah,
1: especially when they're indoors. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) yes, yeah. Yeah. So that was neat. And then there was a whole line outside too, a bunch of trucks lined up Um, outside of semis. I actually saw um, there was like a bucket truck there, which was pretty neat. Um, I don't think I know what that is a bucket truck yeah like for repairing like utility lines and stuff like the person stands a little bucket and there's like, oh a up. yeah yeah electric bucket truck um so that was pretty neat just like a lot of different form factors for kind of these medium to heavy duty vehicles that aren't just normal semis i thought those were probably the coolest um saw an electric uh little like digger i forget what those are called um shoot, I'm trying to think. It's just got like the little shovel on the front that like like a, <laughs> pulls uh, stuff up. So <laughs> like a backhoe or something? I can't remember.
1: Uh, uh bulldozer?
0: Bulldozer. Yeah. Yes.
1: See, okay. So yeah, everybody listening, it's clear that we're clearly <laughs> focused on the light <laughs> duty side of things. Yes. We'll we'll get to the heavy duty stuff. So a yeah, yeah. bulldozer. <laughs>
0: yeah. I need to put yep. on some more blue collars every once in a while, I think. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it was more of like a little es- excavator, I think is the name oh, for it, cuz it was yeah. smaller. It wasn't like a fully like big rig it, one. Um, they remind me of a like gar- Yeah, it was like yeah. a little like garden sized one for like smaller jobs. So that was oh, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um a lot of companies did the did something really cool and they put mirrors underneath their vehicles. Um so that when you're walking by, you didn't have to, like, bend over to, like, look underneath the vehicle. You could just, like, see all the parts and pieces on the bottom. Oh. Because um, a lot of them had, like, the stuff opened up. It, didn't, it wasn't, like, sealed on the bottom. So oh. you could see the components on the inside. Oh, for display purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Sorry. I was like. I wasn't very clear about that. They had mirrors <laughs> on, so... the, on the floor that were, like, facing up so you oh. could see below the vehicle.
1: I was like to to reflect heat for battery like (laughs) thermal management like (laughs) that was the first thing I thought of (laughs) yeah okay that's pretty cool that way you're not kind of like you know getting on the the floor to like look underneath
0: right right so that was cool that's cool um Bollinger was there I don't know if you've seen one of those their vehicles in person before. no
1: I haven't I was just about to ask if they were there
0: they were they are built like a tank. I'll tell you what, like they had their truck there and then they had their longer like commercial platform was out as well. And they're oh, cool. just like solid. Like everything's metal, like <laughs> almost fully metal construction on their truck. Like everything's very manual. They've got like uh like their shifter and everything is like a big knob still. It's really oh, cool. interesting. Like looks like a hand-built vehicle but like incredibly high quality. So that was that was interesting because I hadn't seen those in person yet. Yeah, are they big?
1: Like in person? Like- yeah,
0: they're pretty big. Yeah, it's like a full size truck. Um, okay. It's a uh, is it full cab? If it's got four seats, <laughs> is that right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I think so. I, I've heard the term super cab, but I think full cab. Yeah, but it's yeah. got
0: like yeah, it's got like a full size back seat. It's essentially like an SUV with the with the bed on it. So.
1: I, you know, I think we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we're tired. So like, let's just pin that on the reason yeah. why we, yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Not the we'll fact just... that
0: I've never driven a truck in my life. <laughs> right. yeah, and, you, and you guys are getting a lightning soon. So you'll I have know. to learn yeah. all this terminology. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna be we'll, great.
1: Have to, we'll have to get somebody that has a, uh, you know, industry and for, or, you know, experience with this. <laughs> yes,
0: definitely. Yes. definitely I agree. Well, that's
1: pretty right. cool with the Bollinger. I've, I've been wanting to see that. I've just been like, curious to know when it's going to like go into production yeah because they're based yeah. out of the detroit area if i, I remember so. mm-hmm. yeah what about yeah. uh was lordstown there with their endurance
0: yes yeah i forgot about that one yeah ohio uh, company so i went and chatted with them for a little bit i guess they're they're entering production towards the end of this year yes um because they've, they've had some shuffling because they sold the the building i think to who'd they sell it to Uh, Foxconn, Foxconn. Yeah. I was going to say it's whoever makes iPhones. (laughs) So pretty sure Foxconn (laughs) does that, right? Um, so they sold it to Foxconn and Foxconn essentially is going to be building the vehicles, but they'll still be under the Lordstown brand. So, um, I asked some questions about the wheels actually, because I've, I've been curious about that. They don't have normal motors like other EVs. They have the hub motors. Mm -hmm. So essentially the motor is inside of the wheel and, uh, they said it does save on some, like, like it's a little bit more efficient, which is good. But uh, talking about some of the repairs, it seems a little weird. So, like, tires are the same, but, like, if you were going to replace a rim or do any brake work or anything like that, like, you essentially have to disassemble, like, most of the wheel, which sounds kind of like a pain. Oh. But, um, yeah, yeah that was, that was interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That, you know, that's another technology that like, I haven't done much like digging into is like hub motors Um, because like, I I know that's like relatively common for like um, I believe like implementations for like uh, for toys. If I remember, like, I think like a lot of like, like uh, AC powered toys or like RC cars, they have like Mm -hmm. the hub motors. So like, it's, it's really interesting. I know riding in the endurance prototype that I got, got a chance to last fall you could feel the power difference with, like, the independent motors. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, which was pretty cool. But, that, yeah, that's interesting from, like, a maintenance standpoint.
0: That's, yeah, that's the only part I was worried about. I only know, like, a little bit about the difference because I was looking into buying an electric skateboard. Mm. And that's a, mm. like, a big split amongst electric skateboard is whether you get a hub motor skateboard or a, like, gear motor skateboard where, like, the motor is separate, and you've got, like, a, a belt drive to, like, actually turn the wheels. Yeah. Um, so the hub motors are more efficient, and the, um, the hub motors are more efficient, but the belt drive are generally – have a little bit more torque and more power behind them. So that's kind of, like, what you're choosing. But also the the hub motors, like, you have to essentially replace the entire um, – motor if you want a new tire so that's that's initially why i asked him about it because i knew there was some like maintenance issues or maintenance difficulties with that so yeah um i'm curious how that'll (laughs) that'll all all pan out once once they're kind of on the road but i Mm -hmm. they said they're trying to they're targeting i think 500 by the end of the year so not a huge number it's kind of like their initial run to figure out how it's going to work and then and then adjust things but yeah that was that was cool to see too
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, I know that that one's been a long time coming. And I know a lot of people who are like hardcore Lordstown fans are waiting for it. So yeah, I yeah, I'm just, you know, for the sake of like the Youngstown, Ohio area and the Lordstown area, I've been like rooting for them to succeed because like, I have friends that live in that area. And I've seen how that has impacted their economy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm 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 excited to see that come to market.
0: Yep. I agree. Trying to think of anything else I saw that was that was interesting. um Oh, I got to see uh so like at Shell Recharge, we we don't manufacture our own hardware; we source it from other other charging vendors. So all of the vendors that we use were there, which was really cool because you actually <laughs> got to see a lot of these chargers in person for the first time. Because um, I work remotely, I haven't been like out to anywhere. Um, where we were testing the chargers and things like that, I've seen a couple of them out in person, but mm-hmm. I got to see our entire like hardware offering essentially. So a lot of the vendors were super nice and like opened up the cabinets on the chargers, explained all the different parts. Like, hey, here's how you repair this. If you need to swap cables, you pull this out and undo this screw and pu- and like swap the cable out. So <laughs> a lot of that stuff was really cool for my my engineering mind to uh, <laughs> to see. So yeah,
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask um you know like out of like the the charging technology that you got a chance to see there was there anything that like really stood out to you to like what we can expect
0: not not necessarily i'll just say that like i feel like everybody's doing charging slightly differently and i don't think anybody's 100% figured it out like what's the best solution so yeah. <laughs> i'll just say that cuz like we saw the electrify america stations there and uh they had they had a great booth like with their new stations laying out there and uh and they're going, like, single CCS port for all of their new stations, and that's mm-hmm. it. And, like, we saw some other stations that still had CCS Chatmo, and we saw uh, different cable lengths. We saw different cable management. We saw, like, all kinds of this, this different stuff. So I think it's, like, I was telling people, like, Tesla has a clear advantage on the charging side because every vehicle they make, the charge port's in the same spot. They use the same charge port or the same charging plug for every vehicle, um they can they can mass produce those things really easily because they control the vehicle as well they don't they don't just control the charging um mm-hmm. and with some of these others it's kind of like you gotta you've got to cater to the the least common denominator i guess is that is that the right term for that Where yeah. like yeah. any vehicle that pulls up is still going to be able to charge so you got to make cables that are really long if like a bigger truck pulls up you've got to you've got to make uh the port you've got to have port flexibility if a nissan leaf pulls up you still want to support it versus a, a new rivian pulling up so all these different things you got to consider and then also like the the cable sizes and stuff like you've got to make sure they're not too heavy that somebody can't physically lift it and plug it into their car yeah so a lot of this stuff like really needs to be thought about on the charging side and i don't like I said, I don't think anybody's fully figured it out and said, all right, we're just sticking with this. We're putting this everywhere. That's going to work for everybody. Like, I don't think anybody's really figured that out.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure that's hard in terms of, like, hardware limitations because, like, certain chargers obviously are more powerful than, like, other ones. So, like, I'm sure cable length and, you know, thickness of the cable goes into, like, consideration if it's, like, a 350-kilowatt station. Like, right. Right yeah yeah I mean, there's just so many like physical limitations there, but yes yeah yeah and and I'm sure as things like improve, you know, in terms of like technology, we'll start seeing like slimmer cables, similar to like what we see at superchargers, yeah um, but yeah i I mean accessibility like that is a big factor into whether yeah. or not somebody can plug in their vehicle, definitely, yeah, so, oh, that's interesting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Well, I was, I was there in spirit because, like, I was checking out, like, the uh, the Facebook posts that I was seeing, the LinkedIn posts. Like, it seemed like a really well-attended event, which is really cool Definitely. to see.
0: <laughs> that was probably the coolest part is everybody there, like, was excited about EVs. And most of the conversations I had, people had progressed past the EV basics, and like knew they wanted evs it was more specifically like what can your company do to help us or like what specifically does your company do in this space like most people understood evs they understood charging at least on a basic level and Mm -hmm. and that was really cool to see and i've i've mentioned that many times before where like people are starting to learn the basic stuff and we can skip past all the like education part initially and talk about like all right what's the best route to go now (laughs) versus like EVs? yes or no. So, (laughs) so that's been, uh, that's, that was exciting too.
1: So I actually have a two part question for you because you actually just brought up a really interesting point that the, everybody in attendance seemed like they understood the basics of EVs, you know, what it takes to charge up an electric vehicle, you know? Um, and you know, the, the big, transition point when it comes to like owning electric vehicles is obviously with the public getting like Mm. everyday drivers into this so when it comes to like the education standpoint and like your experience in like a uh, professional role how do you feel that differs when like somebody looking to electrify their fleet versus somebody who's just coming off the street walking into a dealership like could you take any Mm. of those um, training points and kind of like turn it into like an everyday driver
0: yeah, it you know what's interesting is like everyday drivers are thinking about different things that fleets are thinking about. So like fleets are thinking about, all right, how do I build my charging infrastructure to, so that vehicles are ready to go for these shifts and these shifts? Are the vehicles like capable enough to to handle these certain shifts with this certain payload driving from this distance or this location to this location? Can the range handle that and then like matching charging to that? Um whereas on the on the passenger side, I feel like people are kind of thinking about the same similar things where it's like, can I get a vehicle that can do everything I need to do? (laughs) So, (laughs) um, generally in a fleet, it's a lot more focused for like, I just need a vehicle that does this and it does this really well and I can plug it in and it charges up enough in between the shifts or the, the duty cycle for that vehicle. Whereas with like a passenger vehicle, I feel like it's all over the place. You kind of want a vehicle that can do everything you need to do driving wise. That's why Mm -hmm. like, we buy so many SUVs in the US is because everybody wants these big vans that are these big vehicles that can store things if they need to, but also could throw a bunch of people in the back if they're driving a, a large amount of people around. So I think it's very similar. And the nice thing is like the charging is a lot easier on the home side because you, you're not running your vehicle 24-7. So yeah. you literally have you have that kind of fallback of charging every night. Whereas some of these fleets, they are literally running vehicles 24 sevens. They have multiple shifts that they're running these vehicles essentially into the ground. Like they're buying these to like for a business case. So um, some of those differences are interesting, but most of the people I talked to at the show were all, all very fleet focused. So you could tell like, that's, that's the stuff they were thinking about is like, can this vehicle do what I need to do? Can this software do what I need to do? Like they've already got their business figured out. It's just working on kind of transitioning the it to electric now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Like, obviously, like, I understand, like, the whole point that, like, it's very, like, uh, a targeted approach to, like, what you need a vehicle to do. Right. I'm just curious, like, if there's a way that, like, um, educating everyday drivers could be similar to that. Like...
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you probably see it anytime you chat with somebody that's new to EVs. It's like, all right, well, if this works for my personal use, like, can this transition to bigger vehicles? So... I, the thing I've noticed across the industry is anybody that drives an EV like day to day understands this stuff like a lot better than somebody that might not, not that you mm-hmm. can't learn it or that you can't know it just as well, but that's been a clear, like kind of denominator is like, all right, if you drive an EV for home, like you understand the use case where EVs are going to work out the best and like what portions of a business might might work best for transitioning to EVs. So I think just having that experience understanding like what the charging experience is like, like how how to make that easier, design of charging, like all that stuff really really plays a role.
1: Yeah. Kind of just goes back to education, you know, like you mentioned like education through experience and right. just getting right. that opportunity to learn about, you know, your yeah. vehicle or like what it can offer. Yep. Yeah, that's that's really interesting.
0: That's like one of the things I tell any of our new employees is like, if you can like go rent an EV for a few days and just live with it and see like what it's like. Cause that'll give you more experience than any, like reading anything or watching any videos or anything like that. Actually physically doing some of that stuff and trying out charging and, and driving around an EV and seeing how it handles certain situations. Like you really start to learn a lot versus Mm -hmm. what you can read or watch a video of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that actually, you know, that actually was a video idea that I, I thought of, like, allowing a friend who is, you know, just, like, really interested in EVs, but, like, hasn't taken that jump yet, so they're still driving gas. Right. Give them an EV for, like, a week and just film, kind of, like, almost, like, document, like, how they transition, cool. like, whether yeah. at the end of the week, do they hate it? Do they love it? Like, what yep. did they learn? Because, <laughs> like, I think that that would be good for people who are curious about it, but... You know don't have the opportunity to either purchase one or rent one you know they can right. kind of like see what that's like right yeah more more butts and seats as yes. uh, the industry says. <laughs> exactly exactly <Yes. laughs> well it sounds like it was a great conference
0: it was yeah yeah it met a lot of cool people um every i mean everybody i talked to is trying to get into this space and uh I was, I was encouraged that a lot of people were on the, the electric side of things because this expo, I guess five or six years ago was mostly like compressed natural gas and like all this other kind of like alternative fuels. Um, and now it's really transitioning into like the, the truly like cleaner fuels. I feel like that are, that aren't burning stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So that, uh, that made me feel better. Oh, good, good. Yeah, actually,
1: uh, speaking of burning things, um, well, it's not necessarily <laughs> talking about burning things, but was there were there any like solar companies there? Like, was there anything with uh, po- like power generation?
0: Not really. It wasn't as much on that side because it really was on the transportation side of things. Um, I did see the the Edison vehicle. Have you seen that one before? Uh,
1: it sounds familiar.
0: It's the uh, the Edison Future, I think, is what it's called. It, it looks kind of like a cyber truck ironically
1: oh yes oh yes that's the one okay yes I know exactly what you're talking about it has that like uh the shield that goes yeah. over the back of it yes okay <laughs> yeah it actually so that looks was pretty there. cool oh yeah, really that was
0: there um that was like very striking I wish I had some more time to spend at that booth but uh yeah, that vehicle's huge. Like that was yeah, easily it, it, the the biggest, like, light duty, if you can even call it that, <laughs> truck yeah. that was there. Yeah, that so. thing looks
1: huge. Is it, that's not a six by six, is it?
0: No. Okay. No, it's only got four.
1: Okay. Four yeah, four wheels. Yeah. Um yeah, because I, I couldn't remember if it was similar to like The the Mercedes six by six, where it has like three wheels on each side. Like (laughs) yeah that that thing's a beast. (laughs) Well, that's pretty cool. Was there, was there any EV light duty or heavy duty that like you were just shocked to see that was there?
0: Not necessarily. A lot of stuff, I mean, a lot of stuff I had either seen before or heard about, nothing was like, oh, I've never seen that before, which is good, I guess, because i that means I'm doing my research yes. properly and, <laughs> and staying up to date <laughs> on things. Um, but no, not necessarily. Um, I did see, like, even some light-duty vehicles there, like Nissan was there with their Leafs. Um, um, was uh, the Aria there? No, the Aria mm-hmm. was not there, which I guess was kind of kind of odd. You'd think they'd have that out there. Um mm-hmm. But Nissan's still still stick, sticking with Chatamo. <laughs> yes. I was yep. chatting, chatting about that with some people. I'm like, that's that's one of the few vehicles that they're still selling, like, new model years of that has Chatamo on it. So hoping they switch that soon or retire yeah. the Leaf and, like, switch over to something else. But I don't yeah. know. We'll see.
1: Well, I do know that the Aria is confirmed to have uh, green CCS, you know, yes. charging. Yes. And, um, and, uh, I do know that they are rumored to actually replace the leaf with a crossover. So
0: I heard that. Yeah. So hopefully they, they go through with that.
1: Yes. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I will say that that is one benefit about being in the industry is like, well, working in the industry is getting a chance yeah. to go to these conferences and like yes. seeing these, you know, future cars and these different implementations and yeah, yeah, it's cool.
0: It is for sure. Speaking of CCS, oh no! Should I get into the, the <laughs> yeah. CCS uh, adapter?
1: I, for some reason, I thought of the programming language. I always like get that mixed up with uh, CSS. I'm just kidding. That was a bad joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's talk about the adapter. I want to hear about this.
0: Yeah. So, um, video hopefully coming this week. So I don't want to spoil everything. But anyway, I was able to get my hands on a CCS adapter an official Tesla one from uh, South Korea, because that's the only market they're selling it in right now. And uh, this is the, for those that don't know, because I posted like a tweet about it, and so many Tesla owners don't realize that there are other charge ports out there. (laughs) So, I mean, for those that don't know, like CCS is the dominant DC fast charging protocol, the dominant plug for everything non-Tesla. So... For ChargeWay, it's the it's the green plug and it's basically everywhere that tesla isn't <laughs> so um the advantage of this really is like we've got if there is an adapter to use those stations then that opens up a ton of more pro- possibilities for um charging your tesla like right now you're kind of stuck to fast charging on tesla superchargers which like I said earlier, it's fine. They have a great charging experience. But if you're in an area or taking a route where there isn't a supercharger, this might open up some more options. Or if, like, uh, you don't want to stop where the supercharger at is at and you want to stop where the Electrify America station is at, you can stop at the EA station if you've got an adapter like this. So, anyway, was able to get my hands on one and actually just came from testing it this morning. And it does work on certain cars. <laughs> so... um <laughs> The only way to really check is to go into your uh, software tab on your settings. If you drive a Tesla and click on additional vehicle information and that'll bring up a little screen and it'll show you like what computer you have in your car, um, like what modem you have, like a bunch of other information. And it'll say CCS adapter support on there. So if you've got CCS adapter support, then you can use that adapter at a non-Tesla fast charger, which is really cool so we went and tested it at an ea station here in columbus uh plugged in great experience like ea stations were super to use they're up and running just fine um plugged in started the charge i mean it it worked as expected (laughs) so that's um, awesome we tried it on a 2021 model 3 And then we actually met up with somebody at the Tesla event prior to that, and he had a plaid. So we actually brought the plaid over there and tested it with the plaid as well, and it worked on that. Oh, nice! Worked on two different Tesla vehicles. um, And then I tried it on my car, which does not have CCS adapter support, and got it plugged in. Like the adapter still works, obviously, for like physically. But then as soon as I plugged in, it said like connecting the vehicle, and it does like the loading screen on EA. And it just kept circling, like it ever connected. Mm. So, um, that is the thing. There's more than just like a physical like charger connect connection or electrical connection for charging. There is like a a handshake that kind of occurs, like um, software wise, between the vehicle and the charger. So, my car just does not have that chip or that. I think it's the charge port ECU that you need to uh, to connect to these CCS stations. So, that is what I'm looking at. Getting updated at some point when they roll this out in the U.S., um, but I have the adapter. I just need to get that CCS support on my car now. But
1: hey, one part of the puzzle, yes, <laughs> or one piece yes. of the puzzle, yeah, yes. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's really going to open up like charging opportunities for the entire you know country, yeah. yeah. And
0: I think and I think that will push more people to get into charging too, because like I mean, like it or not, Tesla is still the dominant EV in the U.S. So um that was a big reason a lot of people pushed to put Chatamo in initially because they're like oh a tesla can charge here i want to put a i want to put a tesla charger in it's like oh well i mean you can but they need an adapter and that means that the owner bought this 450 adapter and like they're able to charge on this and it's kind of and it's limited to like really low charging speeds and (laughs) and all that (laughs) stuff Uh, so the ccs adapter luckily it's a passive adapter so it's a lot smaller it's a lot cheaper. And, um, and you can use it a lot more places because there are CCS is like everywhere and the charging speeds aren't, aren't limited. So it's, I think it's overall going to be a positive thing. I don't know, have you seen any backlash from people kind of being annoyed that like, oh, now Teslas are going to take over EA stations and like make them crowded? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean, that that is actually a concern of mine, uh, to be honest. Um, I'm not as vocal as some people are, but like, yeah, yeah I I have seen some complaints about that. But my, my only thing, I guess this is my only gripe with that, is that compared to like the supercharger network where you have like a minimum of at least six stations or eight, whatever, you know, there's so many more chargers at a location on a supercharger. You know, like mm. at, at a supercharger versus like an EA where there might only be like four. Yeah. And you know, with the amount of like other non-Tesla EVs that, that are out there now, it's like yeah, I get it. Like it opens up like those different corridors for Tesla drivers. Yeah. But at the same time, like yeah, it, that's that's my only gripe. But Tesla is resolving that by well eventually adding CCS adapters to superchargers Mm -hmm. so Elon confirmed that this week that that's going to happen at some point yeah um but to circle back I have seen people uh at least cautious about it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that's the thing it's like I feel like there's been more superchargers full up than EA stations full up I don't know how true that is if that's just like my personal experience but um obviously I see that through the lens of a Tesla owner who's probably more focused on Tesla stations, but that at least seems to be my, my, what I've noticed is generally the superchargers have more cars at them than, than EA stations. Yes. So, yeah. But I mean, that's like, like I said, I I feel like it's going to overall be a net positive. People are going to realize we need a heck of a lot more chargers than we have. Like just connecting highways is not going to be enough anymore. People want options for charging along those highways. They want them Mm -hmm. at multiple exits. Like, we're still going to need to build it out significantly more than we have right now. Um, Even with like home charging and all that stuff, like people still travel in cars long distance. So (laughs) we need, (laughs) we need that huge network support. So
1: yeah, I I know for me, I am interested in that adapter. So (laughs) I want to learn more about it.
0: and yours doesn't have support, right? I think I texted you about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, we so. confirmed
1: it does not. I was hoping with it being a 2021 it would, that way it just made that easier. Yeah. But um yeah, I'm in the same boat as you.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is a like DIY workaround that I read some threads on, but I'm very cautious to make any kind of DIY charge port ECU <laughs> changes yeah. on my car and like void a warranty or something, so I did text with uh, Tesla Service a little bit, and they did confirm that there's going to be a retrofit of some sort when that does when that adapter does come out, and if it goes anything like the European adapter did, they will include the um, the retrofit with the purchase of the adapter. So oh, sweet. it's kind of okay. like it's kind of like if you buy HomeLink like for the garage door opener for a Model Three or Y, they will include the installation with the purchase. So. I have a feeling it's probably going to be like two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars for the adapter. They'll throw in the the upgrade you need for it and go from there. So, oh. yeah. that's
1: nice. I have a feeling that's going to sell out pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> I have a feeling that's why I picked one up. I'm like I'm going to get ahead of the curve here and hopefully I can uh, get that that upgrade <laughs> to yeah. actually be able to use it. So, well,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. So when when do you think your video is going to come out?
0: I'm probably going to be working on it throughout this week. So hopefully by next weekend, um, just kind of talking about like, what is this thing? Like, what do you use it for and how does it work on Tesla's? And then some of the gaps among everything as well. So, nice. um, just kind of giving a brief overview, kind of mini review of it. Uh, cause there is some like physical things on the chargers that are kind of neat and interesting of like how it plugs in and, um, how it connects to the CCS, uh, plug i guess uh because it does have like a built-in locking mechanism so you don't need that like 3d printed piece like on the oh, j plug yeah. connectors yeah so uh so that part will be nice and then uh what was the other thing i was going to talk about um i can't remember lost my train of thought there oh no <laughs> <laughs> well that's I'm, i mean something adapter related but Well, I
1: mean, it's good to hear that they have, like, a uh, locking mechanism.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, most most CCS vehicles, like, it locks to the car. So, like, it's good to hear that Tesla thought about that.
0: Yes, yeah. The only thing, the one thing we did test is, like, having it all locked to the car. Um, The guy I was uh, working with to use his car uh, for testing earlier, he, like, walked away so that the car locked, and I, like, tried to unplug it. And it doesn't lock down completely, where you can't stop charging. So when you do press on the button to like unlock it, it'll cut charging because um, oh. it thinks you're trying to unplug. But you can't physically like pull the charger off of the car. Oh, which interesting. It's kind of like dumb, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like somebody could easily still walk up and like unplug your car to stop you charging. So yeah, that's, that part's a little frustrating. Yeah, oh, I had a I, I had a question.
1: But you go, because okay. I think you're going to answer it in forget. the video. <laughs> so.
0: um, what I was going to say earlier is the one thing I didn't test and I need to go do later today is try on a regular J plug. So without the full CCS plug and say and see if just the AC part works. Oh. Because this is a yeah. fully, like, passive adapter. There's no electronics or anything in it. So I'm assuming the pin mapping is the same and it can pass through and be used on a regular, like, level 2 charger. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I got to try you better that. go out there and try it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, now, now, you know, I, I want to learn more about this adapter, so I'll definitely uh look for your video. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to Alex's YouTube channel because... Yes, that video is going to be really do. interesting
0: yeah i don't think anybody's done like a full breakdown on it either of like everything about it <laughs> so yeah. i'm trying to i'm trying to be one of the first to do that so nice what else did you have another question I uh, no i don't
1: want to i don't want to ask it now because okay. i want to i and i've actually already forgot what it was but i'm okay. sure you'll answer it in the video <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> oh that's awesome cool. Well, I think that's it for this episode. I don't have any other topics. Uh, probably going to go take a nap.
0: <laughs> good call. Good call. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, unless you have any other things you want to talk no, about.
0: No, I think that was about it. I feel like I hogged a lot of this episode, so we'll yeah. we'll have to think of some topics for you next episode. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's interesting to hear about ACT Expo and, um, you know, just like the CCS adapter because, like, this industry is continuously moving forward fast so yeah. whenever like one of us gets a chance to be at a conference that like the other one can't be at, it, it's always good to hear about that because it keeps everybody in the loop. So definitely. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so plus I talk a lot too. So it's good to rest my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. So. Well,
0: thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, if you have any questions about either the CCS adapter probably wait for my video first and then then send me questions (laughs) um or or act expo or anything else or something you want to hear us talk about on the podcast definitely reach out look forward to hearing from you
1: and thank you for living the electric life